Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Surrounded by a blank and a double on both sides, we're about to enter a relatively normal Game Week 27, where all 20 teams play exactly once. Will Jared Bowen repeat his hat-trick? Will Bukayo Saka keep scoring? And will Kevin De Bruyne finally come good? So let's dive into these issues immediately on the latest FBL podcast from Fantasy Football Community. I am Mark Jobling, and with me is Lewis, a.k.a. FPL Reactions. You've just closed our gap by another 16 points this week, uh, thanks to the Brighton players. So how are you feeling? Yeah, it was uh, it was a really good week for me. I was hoping that it was going to be. I thought going into the week with 11 players felt like I was going to get a green arrow anyway. You'd kind of expect that, wouldn't you, going into, going into the week with 11 players because a lot of people were struggling to get nine or... So yeah, no, I was really happy with with the week, and obviously it was another it was another green arrow. I don't know how many that that is now on the bounce. Is that six or seven? But I think we, the thing is, like, I, it, the green arrows are good, but they're not massive green arrows. Like, I just seem to be chipping away, you know, eighty, sixty, seventy k, and, and I know it's I'm heading in the right direction, but I'm still two hundred eighty five k. I think I've gone from like 1.3 million to 285k in the in the last six seven weeks, but it doesn't feel like enough. It feels like feels like I should have done a lot more, especially when I'm kind of in this rhythm of you know of green hours every week. But uh, but yeah, no, it, it was good. 63 points I got last week. I didn't take a hit. I um I went ahead and started. Uh, why do we start defenders, Mark? Why do we even bother with defenders in FPL this year, apart from Gabriel? Who blanked this we week? Need the, we need the all-out attack chip back. Yeah, yeah, with that one, 100%. two, five, three, or whatever. Hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, Ariola. He 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 blanked. We don't expect much from Ariola these days, do we? Or Dubravka. Um, I started uh, Gabriel. Obviously, he he. I didn't expect the clean sheet. Like Newcastle just always scored, and it will seem like they do. So I went ahead and started Lamptey and Astupinan. Who honestly, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't sure if they were both gonna play. One was gonna play. No one was gonna play. In the end, Lamptey played. He got the clean sheet just before he got took off. By the way, I think it yeah, was like, it wasn't long. I think it was like seconds. But he, he then Everton, the well, then Everton scored, didn't they? So <laughs> yeah. done really yeah. well with Lamptey. Yeah, I, I, I had a feeling that Everton were gonna score. Like I, I didn't think Brighton were gonna keep a sheen, clean sheet. I think he was just there for numbers for me. You know, it was just to say, oh, I've got 11 players this week. <laughs> and Pino came on, he, he got one point. Foden, he, he did well, obviously did well, got the 11 points again. Going to be a tough sell he is, isn't he, eventually? Mm. Um, Saka, Saka's in great form. Pascal Gross, the, the second part of my, well, I should, should say, my Brian Treble, because I had Astapina on as well, but... Gross had a a good game again. You know, he did, did well in terms of creativity. We expect that from Gross at this point. So he, 
got the assist and he immediately climbed into free bonus. I think he got full bonus as well. Um, but the yellow card he, uh, meant that he finished on seven points, which I was happy with. And then the front three of Watkins, Haaland and Solanke, two points. Obviously, Solanke had City, so I didn't, I didn't kind of expect much from him. Again, he was just there to make up the numbers. Um, and the last player that I didn't, the last player I haven't mentioned yet is obviously Huang, who I think everyone on Twitter brought in this week, and he just disappointed, didn't he? Although originally, my original plan was to go for Bailey or Louise, but I also kind of sat there and thought, I did remember saying to myself, I'm not sure what my chip strategy is yet. I just wasn't sure. And if I wasn't sure, it means I wasn't going to commit to any. So I just brought in Huang and he, he, uh, he obviously blanked. But yeah, 63 points, another green arrow, 280k, hoping that we can uh, we can keep that going. Well, it's it's been a bad couple of weeks for me. 47 points after the hit. And it was it was a bit of a drop. Last week's was... Last week's drop was sort of expected because it didn't quite have enough double game week 25 players. And as it turned out, it wasn't really about them of all the injuries. Um, mm. And then this week it was, it took a four point hit. They still only have 10 players. And that 10 included Charlie Taylor, Esther Pinion's cameo, and the horrific goalkeeping combo of Ariola and Dubravka. So Looking back, it, it really it was a half put out team, really, and unfortunately, that's taken the drop down quite a bit. So it was thirty three k two weeks ago, and now it's fifty seven. Yeah, uh, which is it's still it's a good a, position there, aren't you? Oh, still, absolutely. In the grand scheme of things, that's a good rank, but when you compare it to, you know, yeah, it's you it's almost doubled in two games. So that's a bit rubbish. So that 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 that's a bit of a shame. Although I do feel looking forward now; those two weeks are over do like it looking forwards you know good fixtures no hits chip season mm, so yeah. fairly optimistic but then there's all these rumors going like huang was bought last week he's hurt Solanke was bought last week he's a doubt slight doubt and now there's rumors online that richarlison's also hurt <laughs> and that's on top of all the defense so later on today i'm just gonna have to really look into the prospect of a wild card even though that's not probably not going to happen i'll probably just survive it with one transfer it's just it's just piling up at the moment there's some really unlucky transfers like i sold bowen for jota a few weeks ago and you know bowen's my boy i love jared bowen so to watch to see him get a hat trick the other night um and i really really did consider even though he's he'd been goalless goalless for a while People had gone cold on him. It was genuinely, he was probably the number two choice if it wasn't Wang coming in. But but I just couldn't resist him being at home at Sheffield United. That's backfired massively, massively. So yeah, it's just a string of awful transfers, injuries piling up, and red arrows. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just think on the Huang um, transfer, Sheffield United is so bad. You know, they are so bad. So I think it's, fa- you know, it, it made sense to bring him in. It made sense to bring in Heechal. It was a good fixture. Wolves were scoring a lot of goals. It's kind of a double blow of bad luck, isn't it? So not only did Huang Blanc, but he got injured. And I, like, I don't think, I, don't, I definitely don't think like those listeners well should blame themselves for bringing him in because he just, he, he's just a pick that made sense and that went badly. Bringing him in was a good decision, obviously. It was just, uh, um, it was a bad outcome. 
one of those, wasn't it? It was logical. It made so much sense. And the sad thing is, because he suffered that pre-match sort of knock, was almost grateful for the three points in the end because it, for a period of time, it looked like it was going to be zero. So yeah. three was both bad and in a way, okay. But uh, the fact that in the midweek cup game, he's he's done it again. It's a real shame because I, I would genuinely have played him against Newcastle. Like there would have been a benching dilemma, but I don't think it would have been him because first of all, I'm not going to do that slanky trick again or sold him and then he scored 12 points at Newcastle but that, that that's, a, that's a very easy game for an attacker right now so I don't think Gary O'Neill's quote has quite entirely ruled him out but it, it really was an optimistic he, he was more straightforward than Eddie Howe ever is with injuries or someone like Arteta uh, sort of trust Gary O'Neill Gary O'Neill it's really annoying isn't it because you've got two obviously Solanke a lot of people actually brought Solanke in Last week, I know it was for City, but I think it was just to have him in for the period I had, you know, like the double game week, he was rising in price. So, it, you know, a lot of people brought Solanke in last week as well as Huang. Uh, Huang. So, obviously, those who brought them both in, it, it's going to be an issue because, you know, you you look at you look at Richarlison as well. If he is injured, a lot of people have got that treble of Richarlison, Solanke um Huang, and even if like I think we were always going to banch one of them, right? We were always like, which one were we going to banch? Well, it wasn't going to be Solanke. We all planned on planning uh, playing Solanke, but we were either going to banch Huang or Ricarlison. I think that's what it felt like, um, or, and that's probably team dependent. But that that was that was certainly kind of my decision. So for for both for Huang and obviously Solanke to be injured in our rooms of Ricarlison. Um, it's just not good, especially with my defence. And because obviously I had Lamptey injured as well. Lamptey didn't play mm-hmm. in the cup. He was in the squad last night. And Deserby said he was hoping that he would start. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of need news for four players. <laughs> at, least, which is good. at least there, Lamptey's injury would probably therefore give you a opinion. Like, because yeah, Hitchell uh, yeah. was out. So if Lamptey's out, that should at least make as opinion an option again, but uh, we don't know for sure what Lamptey no, the, the thing Lamptey is, is, the thing is I need to sell one of them as well. Yeah. Um, eventually. So I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago that I was planning on selling one, but I needed to see, I needed a bit more time with both of them to see who is going to get the game time. And and obviously it turned out to be Lamptey, but then Lamptey's injury prone. So, you know, it, it, it feels like it's going to be Lamptey and Astapina in and out. Um, to me, which is just an issue. Uh, Doesn't feel. But yeah, great. obviously we're going to be looking. We're going to be waiting for a lot of news this week, aren't we? Around all these injuries. Yes, because as well as all these injuries, the the main news, uh, thanks to the midweek cup action, is that we finally, after weeks and weeks of saying if maybe whatever, we finally know exactly what blank game week twenty nine looks like. Yeah, sure. And we can finally start planning a chip strategy uh, around the four matches that are taking place. So it's going to be West Ham versus Aston Villa, Fulham v Spurs, Burnley v Brentford, and Luton v Nottingham Forest. So that means, I mean, it's, instantly, it's not the most attractive set of fixtures. We, we know that assets from 
sort of Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, sort of Cole Palmer, the Newcastle ones, Brighton as well. None of them will be taking part. So does that, I mean, it was probably, that was according to bookmaker's odds, it turned out exactly as projected. So Lewis, what are your early thoughts on this? Have your plans changed? To be honest, I, you know, you need to have a look at the blank and it's not great, is it? Immediate thoughts are Ivan Tony for Brentford against Burnley, potentially Reguilon. So that's two. You look to Luton, maybe Doherty. Um, looking, I don't know if... Obviously, those those on a free hit will probably look at the likes of um, Tywo Awoni or Alanga against Luton. Um, and then you've got Tottenham. I think you, I think a lot of people are going to have one defender, potentially Ricarlison and Son. Um, those on a free hit or those of Al. I think I'd certainly, whatever, chip, whatever kind of chip strategy I'm going to try and do, the aim is for that game to have three Tottenham players. So it'll be, obviously I've already got Paro and I've already got Ricarlison and the aim is to get Son. And then in terms of Aston Villa and, and West Ham, it's Bowen, Watkins. So what what I'm basically getting at is is that there's only there's there, there's only a handful of key players that I think I personally need in that game, uh, need in that week. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of upside. Obviously, you can't measure a free hit based on the upside in the week that you use it alone. I get that, and I also get like. There's, there's benefits outside of that game week, you know, when to use the other chips, what your team looks like and stuff. But still, I, I just look at that week and think, surely I'm not going to use a free hit in that week. I, I, like, I, I, think you're, I think you're going for a different chip strategy. You're going for the free hit, right? Yeah, it's probably for the best for, the, for this pod that we do have different ideas, of course. I've always thought free hit 29, even when it, even when it wasn't being sort of touted online because for that exact reason that it wasn't an attractive one and it isn't but I just don't know if the other times to use it would be good either like if we get this projected sort of double game week 34 and double game week 37 well one of them is going to have a bench boost and the other one the quieter one I just think well a wild card can probably cover I, I think one of the projected ones gives Manchester United a very strong Double game week 34. The others yeah. sort of very average. So just on a wild card, just get a defender and Garnacho or something like that, you know? So I, I like three hit 29 because it also allows freedom over these next immediate transfers because you're not limited to sort of Villa, West Ham, Brentford, Tottenham. I just love the idea of just a fun game week of differentials where you can just skyrocket up the rankings. But at the same time, and maybe that's the point of them being differential, but that there's not that much that looks great because even just trying to compile a starting eleven there, we're just having a look at it. And yes, once you get the Spurs three, Watkins and Tony sort of out the way, you are sort of looking for someone like Elanga or Adebayo or Awaniyi. He's even looking at that Burnley striker, uh, Datro Fafana. And when it gets to that stage, it's thinking, <laughs> you know what? If I could just get here naturally to seven or eight players, that might be okay. I um, think it is. 
I honestly think it is, Mark. I think so. In my position now, I think it would it, it would be wise to kind of explain the position that I'm in. So as it stands, I've um, I've basically got Ariola. Uh, that's one. I've got Watkins. That's two. I've got Ricardo and three, Doherty four, and Porro five. So to have five players, um, we're only just had into game week seven. Uh, 27 sorry should say um feels good so if i can bring in a few more three so or four more that's three more free transfers isn't it so that should be eight that should take you up to yeah. eight right yeah so I, I think if i can just bring in three or four and that could be potentially without a hit then i think i'd be fine you know i think as long as for me, as long as I have those keeper, I don't want to be bringing in players who I think are just going to get appearance points. You know, I want to be bringing in the key players. You know, Son, he's certainly going to be um, a key part of the free hit. You know, Son is the priority um, to come in. I think Tony, but that's of course after we get news on Solanke. Tony could be kind of a last minute transfer into game week 29 from Solanke. Bowen. He could come in in the next couple of weeks as well. And I wouldn't necessarily be looking to bring in defenders for that week. I would be quite happy to go in with the goalkeeper that I just mentioned, Ariola, just Dowerty in defence, nine players, and then obviously a five-man midfield and then two two strikers, you know? That's it. The defence really has no appeal. So as long as you can get six... Or seven attackers out yeah. like that's the priority and you know even if that's all you've got plus Ariola, then that might be enough that might be enough but then at the same time if you're not using it then are you what are you looking at for using the free hit yeah so the the, the plan is with the free hit is, is to stay flexible obviously it, it could be used in uh, double game week 34 it could be used in double game week 37 it kind of depends on how the fixtures fall so, so I'm, I am staying quite flexible with, with when um, when I'm going to use that I just think again you mentioned a couple of the fixtures that might happen you know Man United stuff I just think that in, in my situation when I'm looking to game rank I could really go for differentials in a double game week but they're great aren't they double game weeks for differentials you know you look at you look at the last week where people brought in, you know, the likes of Luis Diaz and, and Van Dyke. You know, okay, Van Dyke was probably a, a quite a template pick because of the Trent injury, but Luis Diaz was an outside pick and he ended up doing really well. Um, and we could say that was based on the injuries that have pulled hard or, or not. But I just think there's you've got two good opportunities to bring in differentials, and I think the free hit does that. But that's obviously not the main reason that I'm kind of saving the free hit for, for a double game week. Um, there's a few different things. Like I, I do, I, I do like the thought of wild carding in game week 31 um, as well. So I, there's, there's just a few, there's, there's just a lot of factors. I think obviously the fact that I've got five already now, if that changes, you know, if it turns out that Ricarlison is, is, is injured, then maybe I look at that again, but I just think as long as I've got, you know, eight or nine players for for game week night. You know, I could even get to 11. I could even get to 11 with a couple of hits, but then, like, 
I, I and, don't know if I'm going to want him. Yeah, exactly. Is this is this as we discussed with the defense and stuff? Is it even worth taking hits to for that lot? So, mm, yeah, it's it's an interesting time for sure because we've just seen like free hitting in a double. You've just mentioned the pros of that from from double game week twenty five, but at the same time, what if like we we've just seen some single game weekers outscore them all, yeah. like Saka and Watkins, if, if names like that get sacrificed for the doublers and then they do what they did last time and, and get double digits, then then it could end up with a red arrow. So it's it's really hard to call how it could go on a, on a double game week. It's uh, looking at it, at it from a positive perspective. It's yeah. lots of doublers. It could be brilliant, but at the same time, the, the high profile absentees could could turn up and it it could go either way. It totally could. And it's going to be... A, really interesting time of year it always is does yeah the picking 11 men is difficult that week even even if you've got free free unlimited transfers it's just there's very yeah. little out there maybe yeah. leon bailey I think, I think if i was on a free hit i think i would probably be i would probably be looking at a lot of the players that i've already got so obviously i'd have potentially flacken at the back for that Burnley game i'd potentially go double brantford defense with tony um then obviously you have the likes of either Porro or Udogi, whoever's fit. You'd probably go for a double Spurs attack, right? You'd probably have Bowen. You'd probably go for either Bailey or maybe a punt on William or Douglas Louise. And then you're probably going to have Watkins and you know that that final attacker. It could be another midfielder or it could be one of those not so glamorous forwards. Although I do like a one e, um, which I struggle to say correctly. Yeah, but, I, uh, you know what? I, think, I do like him. I think to be that... fair. That would be one of my favourite favourite parts, I think, of the free hit is is Nottingham Forest. I know they're not convincing, but they are good, aren't they, on the counter? They can score goals. And I think when you're going, when you're going up against Luton, who are conceding a lot of goals at the moment, you know, the likes of Awoni. And, um, you know, you could even have a punt on Hudson-Odoi, um, Alanga. There's, there is a few there. And Nottingham Forest are, I think, I think, I have to double check this, but I think, Forest are pretty much up to like fourth or fifth best for expected goals conceded this season or in the last six. I'd have to double check that, but I think they're going well defensively. Um, it's true. That's but, that's very under the radar. That that'd yeah. be very impressive if true. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're they are, it'll be like a relegation sort of big match down the bottom by that point. So both teams will be going for it. You would think. I think another thing that I looked at there is that if the TV fixtures stay as they are, we get the deadline just before Luton Forest and Burnley Brentford. So you could potentially get half of the game week leaked beforehand, which is great for free hit because you can just pick and choose like, oh, this is what the Forest team is going to be. Great. I'll I'll just have that one, that one. The only the only parts would that would really excite me is is potentially you know, going for a Madison or, or going for a Nottingham Forest attacker, maybe a, a Fulham attacker, but that's about it for me. I think, again, I think I'd be happy just getting some key players out. Eight, between eight and ten, I'd I'd be happy with, you know, I'd even go down to seven. I'd even say seven or so between seven and ten, I'd be quite happy with that. I mean, I had the similar sort of idea for this, past game week there for 26 I thought well I'm not going to have 11 men but at least have 
full set of attackers and sacrifice the defense. And it sort of didn't really work out because sort of Ake did keep a clean sheet. So you sort of look back with hindsight and think, well, could have taken a hit to get a Man City defender. But at the same time, we don't want to get onto that now, especially with sort of the fixtures and, and the blank. But yeah, just sort of sacrificing the defense feels fine this season because the average of goals per game has gone straight up and all this extra stoppage time it, it clean sheets are harder to find now yeah especially with such so many big teams not playing that week it, it you could you could easily see zero clean sheets from those four matches if i had to back a clean sheet there i'd probably say um brantford but then fafana you know a name you mentioned before he he seems most likely, doesn't he? If if they're gonna score, he he seems up for it. And Brantford not great defensively. Yeah, that that's my plan. I think I'm pretty happy with with the rolling into. Although looking back, yes, I probably shouldn't have bought Huang. But again, last week I wasn't sure on my chip strategy, and now I think I think I'm pretty. I'm gonna be pretty okay uh, for game week nine going in and and kind of bringing in players. Um, because idea, because the the players that I want to bring in anyway have good fixtures, you know, Son, Bowen, you know, all these players have good fixtures anyway. So I'm not like I'm. It's not like I'm bringing in players that you know I don't want to, or they have bad fixtures and stuff. So well, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, Bowen as well. He's the one, and it hurts to say his name out loud still because it really hurts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he he not only has sort of Burnley in 28, but he plays in 29. So he's sort of the perfect player for both strategies like even if someone was still unsure what they were going to do this time next week if you get Jared Bowen it's it's flexible because you've got just a great few weeks of fixtures so yeah. if we if we do take different routes excited to see how it goes really excited I think obviously blank game week blank game week night at 29 is going to be huge but we also have to take into account that we've got you know a couple of game weeks before that Speaking of taking alternative routes, do you think there might be a, tem- a temptation to not go? This this made more sense before he scored five goals at Luton. But um, is there a temptation when you see the form of Saka, for example, to, to maybe have an alternative captain this week? Because Haaland has, in the league, underwhelmed a bit because he almost blanked twice with our triple captaincies. And then assisted against Bournemouth. You know, you could look at that and say, well, he's delivered both times, but also mm. maybe disappointed both times. Naturally, such as the inevitability of FPL, he scored a stunning five goals at Luton in midweek. So he is in tandem with De Bruyne again. So do we keep yeah. faith with him for captaincy this week? Yeah, I think so. I think with Haaland, he's... He's getting so many chances, isn't he? It's like he's finally he finally caught up on all all his XG against Luton. Um, mm. yeah, he's he's the chances are still there. We we saw against Luton that his um I think the game the game against in the cup in the cup against Luton was really important because like it shows that his finishing is still there. It's not like it ever went, you know. His finishing didn't go anywhere. We knew it was good, but the fact that he finished the five chances in one game just just shows how explosive he can be how he's done it before like he's he's scored five in a game before remember he did it against Leipzig last last year last season so this is the type of player that Haaland is so 
I just think that and United aren't looking great at the moment, are they? I think they've conceded. I think they conceded like one of the most shots. Yeah, dug into it. I think over the last six, they've conceded 116 shots, which only only Brentford have done worse than that. So they are. It's it's kind of coincided with some good good results. They've had some good results apart from the latest one. I think they'd won the the three or four before that, but at the same time they're winning whilst conceding a lot of shots. So, I mean, when you see Haaland, there's three Manchester derbies in the league have produced five goals and three assists as well. So he likes the Manc derby. Yeah, he does. He, he um, We talked about this. I think, do you remember, we, we spoke about this a few months ago on the pod, saying that Haaland loves to play in big games and this is a big game. And he actually did well that week when not many people captained him. So... I don't think I did either. I don't think I captained him, but yeah, this is a game for him. Um, it's it's the the derby, isn't it? I think. And he's in tandem with De Bruyne again. Which uh, let's hope that De Bruyne's owners haven't sort of sold him early on this week because he's just played all ninety minutes in the cup. I don't know how we interpret that. To be fair, because does that mean he's he's merely a cup guy now? I don't think so. But when he's all the guys that were unused subs, like Foden, Edison, Rodri, Diaz, they were all unused. So it, it feels like those four are definitely playing at the yeah. weekend. And then De Bruyne got all 90 minutes, but the game is so big. And he he did just assist Haaland four times that it feels like he's back now, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I think the thing is with, with, with De Bruyne, you have to be really careful with his fitness, don't you? It, it feels like he's... Feels like he's picking up more injuries as we had kind of and he, as he heads towards like the peak or whatever of his career. It, it does feel like he's picking up some more injuries, and um, I suppose the, the thing is with, with Bruyne, what kind of outweighs that is, the, is is how is how explosive he can be. You know, we saw it um, in his, his in his feature against Newcastle when he came back from injury. We saw it. In the Champions League against Copenhagen, you know he got he got I think he got the goal on the a goal and assist and picked up player of the match. So, you know, he's although it feels like he's he's a bit injury prone at the moment or or whatever in and out of fitness. You know, he's he's still still very kind of very good FPL asset. Probably one of the best with ninety minutes. Absolutely, and some some managers might want to play a catch up at the moment. Maybe. Things haven't gone well recently, or their team is too template, and might use captaincy to gain some ground. So, just putting it out there, if we are straying from the norm, Saka, by the way, I mean everything looks good for it. Like he scored seven goals in five games. He's averaged eleven point eight points each game. Arsenal are just destroying everybody right now. They beat Sheffield United five nil in October. And Sheffield United have just lost 5-0 in their last two home games. So everything points. Maybe maybe it's too obvious, as we've learned in the past, but everything points to Saka having a great game there. So he, yeah. he could be an, an interesting alternative candidate for sure. Yeah, I think so. I think I think one 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 kind of factor with um thinking about is obviously the, the Porto game coming up now. Arsenal lost their first leg against Porto in the Champions League 1-0, didn't they? Um, so from now to then, they play Sheffield United Bram- and Brantford. So 
you know, how, how like do we expect Saka to play all of those, you know, the ninety minutes in all of those games? Um, it's a tough one. You know, we know Arteta overplays Saka, mm-hmm. but it's it's. Is Brentford a tougher game than Sheffield United potentially? I mean, either way, Saka's going to play ninety minutes against Porto. He's going to have to because they're losing. So, if he if he does get his minutes managed anywhere, you know, potentially in the next two, maybe worth considering. Yeah, well, that is the joke online, isn't it? That even if he had two broken legs, Arteta would wheel him out. But <laughs> yeah, but. Uh... I mean, yeah, we, if, we have if, Arsenal, if Arsenal are sort of 3-0 up by the hour mark, surely he comes off, surely. Yeah, you'd think so. We, you know, we ha- these, these are things you have to consider um, with captaincy. You know, captaincy is so important in this game. You have to consider everything. And I think looking ahead to two or three games ahead might seem insane, but it's a really big game for Arsenal coming up against Porto and one they have to win. So, you know, he is their best player, you know. Um, but yeah, you're right. Artata just plays him all the time, doesn't he? Way, way too much. Maybe he's learned that lesson. Who knows? Uh, I've sort of been burned with giving Ollie Watkins the can't before. So even though he mm-hmm. is in great form, I think his average over the last four is, is 10.5 points per game. So that, that's really good as well. I feel like with Watkins, he either blanks or gets like 20 points. <laughs> I feel so like not explosive. Yeah, absolutely. He's got 29 goal involvements already this season, which is just phenomenal, really. It's yeah. it's way ahead of the rest. 14 goals, 15 assists, and that's that's more attacking returns than games, which is a pretty yeah. impressive rate to have. And yeah, good. Luton, well, they're against Luton. They are showing some fight, of course, but they are conceding plenty of goals in that fight. Six versus Man City there. Four v Liverpool, four against Newcastle. And then they lost 3-1 to Sheffield United as well. So that that's another one where he could haul, but he's so highly owned that there's probably very little to gain from that. So That's the thing, isn't it? I think, it's always to kind of go off track here, but you look at that fixture and you think that's looting away. That's a really good fixture. You're kind of not really gaining much from Villa doing well there, are you? So I think you, I think if you have to, if you really want to benefit from that game, and you're obviously not, you know, you're not going to be um, using the free hit in, in game week 29 like me. You also have to consider, you know, the likes of Leon Bailey and Douglas Louise this week, don't you? We're mm-hmm. looting. Certainly, if, if there is a sort of a Huang and Ricarlison situation and sort of an emergency transfer needs to be made, yeah, someone like one of those Villa midfielders could, could really do it. Bailey's stats are really impressive considering... I think he's got eight goals, eight assists, and he's only started 13. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of them have been recently as well. So, like, he's earned Emery's trust, and he could, mm. he's really doing it. He did it last week against Forrest. So, he's pretty cool too. So, looking ahead to this game, we get, I suppose we've both already answered the captaincy question there. Yeah. Uh, both for Haaland. Um, the early kickoff isn't happening again. So that means the deadline comes just before six matches. So in theory, we could get up to 12 team leagues. Now, that really helps me because as someone who has Estepinion, well, you have him as well, and Porro, Gordon, uh, Darwin, Salah, people with those guys, we might know pre-deadline 
whether they're starting or not. And yeah, I'm struggling to get three defenders out at the moment. So a pre-deadline answer on Porro and Estepinian would be great. Also, Consa seems to be back in training for Villa. So if Emery mm. could give an update on that, that would be great as well. So yeah, definitely going to be making a late decision. Um, a transfer might go on a double game week 28 defender, maybe like Senesi or, or Doherty, but could also be rolled over. Um, benching dilemma, there was one, might not be now, depending on how many injuries happening. Uh, is, is it straightforward for you or do you have some debates in your head? Oh, no, this week's going to be a bit of a nightmare for me, Mark, because so I've got Astapin and Amlamti. Um, if we get confirmation that Lamptey's out, then I can just put I can just put Doughty in instead of either Lamptey or Aspin on. But I have to play one of those Brighton um, defenders, which is fine. You know, I, I wouldn't go looking to make a transfer in defence because of it. So I just bring in Doughty. I know Doughty's playing um, Aston Villa, but you know, defenders aren't doing well these days as it is, are they? So I just feel like one or two two points is what. A defender I bring in would get um, so yeah I'm pretty happy with bringing Doughty in um, in terms of my attack there's there's a few issues obviously it's good that we get we will get team news probably on McCarlison you know there's a lot of rumours at the moment circulating that he's injured as we've mentioned so knowing if he's going to start is um, is a big thing obviously Huang's injured and he won't be available for Newcastle so um, he could be potentially a transfer out if Ricarlison is that because if Ricarlison's out um and Huang's out as well and you know Solanke's out that's basically two play I'm gonna be basically two attackers short. So I would say I would literally have to make a transfer or I'd be playing with kind of like nine man um yeah, so I I probably I'm probably going to have to make an attacking transfer this week, and I think one of the one of the players that I've really looked at, Mark, and it's someone that someone that you don't have to worry about, I don't think, because well, you might do <laughs> because he's got a good fixture this week, um, but he is playing in game week 29, and, and most will probably kind of bring him in on the free here. Is obviously Son, um, yeah, Son, he, he's got Palace this week, and I just think. I know Crystal Palace have got a new manager and stuff, but Tottenham have a really good record at home. I, I just feel like Son, if Ricarlison doesn't play, Son's likely to play up front, right? You would think so, and then maybe put Werner on the left or something. Yeah, or if Ricarlison does play, um, Son will play on the wing, and then he'll probably get like 20 minutes to half an hour up front either way, won't he? So it- I just think... The idea of getting Son right now is, is really intriguing because he's basically a differential. He's a massive yeah. differential right now. And yes, he's Son. Like, we know he's an elite asset. He's, he was golden boot winner the other year. So the chance right now, when, when the team is so template, the chance to have a free run at Son, if you have the money to do it, is... is I mean, I've got seven million in the bank, so yes. Um, that... It, see, seeing how this Ricardo news develops over the next day or so... Yeah, that could be the transfer. There'd be such a high upside to that. Yeah, I mean, I hope Ricardson plays. I think even if Ricardson plays, you know, that there's there's scope for me to bring in Son and and 
and start building for, for game week 29. Uh, that way I'd have triple Tottenham then. Um, another idea of, of, well, another kind of thought I had was obviously removing Foden um, for Son. But obviously with all the injuries and stuff that have, that have happened and, you know, the injury rumours that have come out, that just feels like it's, you know, that feels like that's not going to happen now because, you know, he's going to start. Um, he's at home. He's in good form. So, but yeah, I don't think I'm going to want Foden long term. I think that was my thinking originally because mm. I think they've got like Liverpool, Arsenal, Villa. So long term, I, I don't think I want Foden, um, which sounds insane. But, you know, he, he's going to have to go eventually for me to bring in the likes of Bowen, um, you know, potentially Bailey, Son. So, yeah, I think if I think if what I think my new my 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 decisions will be based on pretty much is Ricardson going to play? If he is going to play, then maybe Huang goes out, and um, I bring Son in because I think they've got I think I've got enough money to to just kind of do that straight swap. Yeah, I might be forced in because another transfer I was looking at potentially over these next two weeks was to finally sort out the goalkeeper situation where it really does feel like. It's playing with 10 men every week with Ariola and Dubravka. So yeah. I was really liking the route of bringing in the Bournemouth keeper Neto for one of them because he has the quantity and quality of fixtures over them coming up. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, game week 28, when, when Bournemouth do have that double, that is probably one of the Ariola fixtures that you would back him for because West Ham are at home to Burnley. So it yeah. would be typical yeah. that... He would finally deliver a clean sheet when you've when you've got rid of him. Um, it's at home to Burnley, so it's one of the rare times where you would expect something or hope for something from him. So I think it feels quite a luxurious transfer right now, especially if these other ones, if these injuries keep developing, it probably feels a bit of a luxury one. But I do yeah. like getting some sort of Bournemouth coverage at the back um, or Doherty, as you say. Um, he'd be interesting. To get in, yeah. Um, well, I'm really, I'm really happy. I actually brought Doty in because, okay, the double game week in twenty twenty five wasn't um, wasn't ideal, <laughs> um, but um, you know he he does have that double, and uh, he's he's easily benchable as well. You know, like I don't mind putting him on the bench. I, I am glad I've got him. He's there for the double. I'll probably go into that double game week twenty eight with just Doughty. And Solanke and, and, and be happy with that, to be honest. It's worth mentioning that if you've got Solanke, you don't sell him <laughs> until no. you hear about it. You know, he's got, a, he's got a double game week next week, so definitely don't sell him until you hear. Um, yeah. And Iriola was sort of semi-optimistic of a, of a game this weekend, never mind the double. So yes, definitely worth a keep. In terms of differentials, we both pick out a player each week with under 10% ownership that we back you did it again last week. You chose uh, Jordan Ayew. Thirteen points, goal and an assist. Uh, and I chose Huang, which, as we know, did not go well. So well done, <laughs> well done on that one. Have you picked out a name for this week? Yes, I've got one this week. Um, I did look at Martinelli, but if any, if recent um, times have taught me anything, is not just. To, don't just back a player just because they played Sheffield United. <laughs> um, so I've gone for um, I've gone for Leon Bailey um, against Luton because you know I think he's still like four percent owned, which is ridiculous. I'm um, considering 
you know, how, how good he's been recently. You know, he's taken away double-digit haul recently. He looks like the preferred winger. Um, yeah, I, I just think that Luton are, Luton are shipping a lot of goals at the moment. And I know we said, I know we, we talked about, and people have said, you know, they are they are the batter of the promoted sides. But, you know, they've, they've, con- they've still conceded a lot of goals. They conceded four to Liverpool, two to United, three to Sheffield United, four to Newcastle. That's a lot of goals, you know, conceded in the last four. So it's 13, I think. So, yeah, Lords. They're definitely a team to target. And um, I think he'll do well this week, Leon Bailey. Uh, so those are the two names I picked out as well. So I'll go with Martinelli. Um, even though, yeah, there's maybe a slight doubt now that maybe Trossard is a more than capable starter ahead of him with the Champions League in mind. But, um, well, there's nothing to lose. Every other differential pick is terrible for me. So uh, may as well go out on a on a risky one with Martinelli. Um, yeah, Bailey and Martinelli are both really good shouts, I think. Uh, yeah. Congratulations in advance for your win again. <laughs> uh, that's probably a good place to wrap things up then. So it's it's been great having you on this pod, Lewis. Thanks for your expertise, as always. And please make sure to check out fantasyfootballcommunity.com, which also covers fantasy games for the Champions League, Serie A, Bundesliga, MLS, etc. Give us a follow on Twitter, ffcommunity underscore, and we hope you join us next time. Thank you very much. For listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.